Welcome to the PreparedX podcast, your complete source for crisis, emergency, business continuity and security preparedness interviews, news, and much more. Now, your host, he creates chaos for a living, Rob Burton. Hello, and welcome to episode 88 of the PreparedX podcast. I'm your host, Rob Burton. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, before we get started, I'd like to let you know that this episode is brought to you by the International Crisis Management Conference. Uh, we are looking forward to the 2022 conference now, which will be held in Newport, Rhode Island, here in the United States, and it will be held on June 7th and 8th. So there'll be some more information available in the coming week or two uh, on crisisconferences.com. Uh, go to crisisconferences.com for more information on the seventh annual International Crisis Management Conference. Well, today I'm joined by Jonathan Silver, who is a cybersecurity skills and education program manager and an information security officer at State Street. Uh, John is also a veteran of the United States Coast Guard. I've known John uh, for some time now as we worked together um, some years ago now on incident management exercises. So uh, it's good to uh, have you with us, John. Yeah, great. I appreciate it, uh, Rob, as well. And, and when you were mentioning it there that we've done some exercises together, can you believe I think it's been six years or almost seven years ago now? really yeah no i was I, you know it's I, been I, that long. <laughs> I know i i always think i always think things are just yesterday and it's just not the case right <laughs> right right yeah no i totally get it but yeah thanks for having me yeah no problem and before we just dive into the uh questions here for our audience john for those of you that may not uh, be familiar with you can you just let them a little let them know a little more about your career so far yeah, sure. So um, I started my career uh, in the federal judiciary when information security wasn't necessarily um, cool, I guess, uh, within the federal government, specifically on the judiciary side. And I sort of volunteered for roles that nobody else wanted, um, which is what I always say sort of sparked my career. And um, after doing about five years there, uh, I came over to State Street, where I now currently work as a global incident manager. Um, you know, 24-7 operation, uh, really a small team. Um, yep. So, you know, long nights in some instances. Um, and now, you know, as you had mentioned, Rob, I'm currently in a brand new role to State Street, only created as of April um, of this year, uh, Cybersecurity Skills and Education Program Manager. And then I'm also an adjunct professor now at uh, Cambridge College. I created the course, first ever cyber instructor for Cambridge College, and I'm currently doing that as well. Uh, on the side. Um, so that's, yeah. that's great. Well, that's good to hear. I, I know um, we've interacted over the years uh, with regards to uh, all the work that we do outside of our day jobs. So that's really good to hear on the education front. I'm sure you'd be a great asset there. Absolutely. It's been fun. And, um, you know, it was actually, believe it or not, supposed to be in person too. And, you know, the pandemic sort of pushed it into an online program, which also forced it into being a global program, which is pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Um, okay, let's jump into it then. I guess we'll, we'll start there as it relates to your career. Um, you know, I like to start off with asking our, our, our guest um, speakers um, with regards to the most challenging roles uh, so far uh, and why. Of course, I know, I know you've probably had many. I would say by far uh, the incident management piece. You know, I, I would say, you know, in the Coast Guard, I was used to not really sleeping and yeah. know, hurry up and wait was the yeah. military saying, yeah, right? yeah, and yeah. Uh, just the, the true true nature of the 24-7 operation, um, 
I always give kudos to folks who have been in that sort of incident management role for, you know, 15 to 20 years, because I think they're just totally built different. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think that was the most challenging role because you're dealing with a lot of different personalities, but also a lot of different levels, you know, from executive onto, you know, an executive administrator potentially, and right. um, really all levels of the spectrum, right. That you're trying to pull and coordinate together at all hours of the day, weekends. And so I would say that was 100% the most difficult role I've had so far in my career. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I just can't imagine that, you know, with a large organization, the complexities, well, I can't imagine because of course we do a lot of work uh, in those environments, but uh, the complexities around, you know, the response and, and the, the size and the scale of, you know, some of those challenges uh, when you're coordinating all of those different uh, characters, as you mentioned, those different, you know, functional areas of the business. So um, I can, to I can totally see that. So thanks for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. And and the role that I was specifically on was, um, you know, we handled more, I like to consider it more or less event management now, right? Not, sure, right. Some folks within the IT space, they think, you know, major incident management is uh, down servers or whatever it may be and disaster right. recovery. While that had something to do with it, we also prepared for, you know, um, the tabletop exercises we worked with you on, such as, you know, disasters and storms and all things you can imagine. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Well, um, you know, the next question I have here really, um, as we all, we're probably all aware that all our listeners anyway, we're living in the world where, you know, these cyber threats have the potential, you know, literally to, to bring organizations to their knees uh, from an operations, um, you know, standpoint. Uh, and also um, it seems like the ability to communicate, um, you know, uh, and, you know, these threats are evolving on a regular basis and, you know, communications and operations need to work closely together to, to figure out what's going on. But, um, you know, so I, I'm really intrigued about the training side. So, so what can cyber training programs do to help reduce these types of threats? Well, first of all, I want to be sure that I'm not the one conducting the, these trainings specifically, right? My job is to take a look at the global cybersecurity team specifically as a whole uh, and, and really zoom in where we may lack, uh, you know, a specific skill set or where we need to potentially upskill some employees. Yep. Um, just to name a few, but really, I think the training specifically, what I've seen so far, it brings the strengths and weaknesses to the surface, um, you know, of, of what employees are doing or, or they're not doing. And it really also gives employees, you know, confidence. So just like with anything else, any sort of sport, you know, you get confidence with those people that you work with when you're running consistent scenarios and continuing to train, you know, in tabletop exercises, but also upskilling through, you know, education. And it really also keeps employees excited to be part of the team, I've noticed as well. I, I hate sure. saying like with anything, practice makes perfect, um, right. yeah. but I would say practice makes better, right? And yeah. just getting those reps in has been so consistent through the training piece. Yeah. And so, you know, these, these types of programs that you mentioned, obviously, you know, as you're evaluating, you know, the strengths and weaknesses and looking for those areas for improvement, you know, I would imagine, you know, the programs, you know, training programs are tailored, you know, specific, of course, to those operations and, and those uh, organizations, but as well as those individuals, because I, you know, I know from, uh, you know, having, you know, uh, three children um, that um, each of my children learn in different ways. Some of them, you know, learn with a little nudge, uh, other ones learn, you know, by reading, other ones are more visual. So um, I'm sure that's, you know, part of the tailored program approach uh, for cyber training. Would that be accurate? Yeah, that's accurate for sure, Rob. And, you know, as you mentioned, folks do learn different in different ways. And really what I would like out of the program is to have employees really feel 
um, empowered, right, to own their career. We're running into an instance where there's such a shortage in skills and specific areas within the cyber organizations, not just at, you know, our firm, but all over. And so really having an employee excited, learning, gaining skill and knowledge through whether they're an auditory learner, reading and writing, visual, uh, or really just hands-on, right? Some folks just need to get in there, roll up their sleeves. I see this with architecture and engineering and mess around with all the sandboxes. So that's certainly part of it. And, you know, the overall goal is because everybody learns so different, sparking people to really empower and really own their learning, you know, pathways and working with managers and senior leadership on what they want, um, I think will, you know, help them go in the direction that they need to. For instance, I know that, and sometimes it's kind of a combination for me. Sometimes I need to do a little bit of reading and writing. So it sticks into my brain. And yep. sometimes I can watch a video and it really sticks with me. So I'm, I'm everyone's just so different. Um, so, so absolutely. Yeah. It's that old traditional pyramid of, you know, what we hear is, you know, we re- retain 10%, you know, what we hear and right. see. Like we the retain game. Yeah, ex- exactly. And then it gets down to, you know, 80% if actually we deliver the content, you know, so we become the expert in the field, uh, you know, and that seems to be the case more recently. I've seen to be doing a lot of training on the exercise front for some of our clients. And um, it's almost like I don't need to, you know, refer to anything now. I can just, you know, talk as long as I need, need to talk about it. So that, right. that, that makes, that makes perfect sense. Um, I know you've touched on a few examples, but uh, are there a few, you know, different out of the box ways um, that, you know, folks are learning um, in, in this environment? The thing is now there's so much information out there, right? It's almost information overload. So what we're trying to do is pull together a number of different trainings. It could be, for instance, LinkedIn Learning as one example, O'Reilly is a popular training tool, and yeah. really bring those together on one platform, right, for employees to go in and sort of say, okay, I want to set what I'm looking for um, because my, my strengths are auditory learning. I want to look for videos. And so that'll also allow somebody potentially on the same team to have a similar training, but in a different way, maybe it's hands-on. Um, so that's really the benefit. And the, the most difficult piece is deciding what training um, is the most beneficial, right? Because we really are in an information overload. I know for me personally, I've learned a ton off of YouTube. Uh, yeah, I for sure. refuse to pay for the ads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so uh, I've watched a lot of commercials, but I've really learned a ton over the years on YouTube. And I'm sure people are doing that too. Yeah, it's, it's funny, you know, I'll get asked by, um, you know, uh, my kids about, you know, something and I'll say, you know, um, you know, just go to YouTube. And, and of course, they're on there, you know, 24 seven anyway, but they don't think to, they don't think to use it to learn something. But other than watch, you know, people playing video games, right? So <laughs> right, seems, exactly. seems to be popular, but they, they learn a lot that way. So, uh, you know, I, I almost see, a, you know, a platform, you know, and I'm, I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure, you know, programs, you know, take a similar approach where, you know, you have a module and that module is available in six different forms formats right you know you can have it in video right. format you can uh, you can download the pdf you know um, i don't know maybe there's some game you can play that helps you learn uh in, in a different way so there's so, so many different ways that uh people learn so having those options is, is certainly um advantageous absolutely and also you know thinking of it because of the size of our organization specifically we also have to be mindful of the different cultures and think from a global standpoint right so different languages uh, the way we approach training in different areas. So 
I found personally that uh, a great success is when we have executive buy-in, which we absolutely do, and it trickles on down to the, the lowest level manager and to the employee, really ensuring that there's time carved out, right? Maybe say it's like bi-weekly for a few minutes on Friday to ensure that that employee feels like they have the ability to go in there and upskill themselves and really work on training, even though there's a thousand things to do and not enough hours in the week. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for our audience who are, you know, some of them out there going to be listening to this and wanting to put cyber training programs together, of course, programs are, you know, constantly evolving, you know, can you let them know what type of challenges they may be presented with, um, as they start to manage and develop these programs? What's been your experience as you're, you know, researching that environment? I would say just the amount of skill shortage, uh, and I would say even individuals, right? I think everybody's seeing this in all industries with the workforce, right? If you've turned on the news, then you've noticed that. And I think that's really a big challenge. So having the shortage, uh, you know, now has gives the employees ability, right? If they're unhappy or they feel like they want to do something else, which is great, right? But maybe uh, they leave the firm. So really trying to open up a training program where, you know, we would rather those individuals, if they're not in a role that they specifically want, but they're a great employee, we want to hold on to them and, right. and you know, sure. help them build a plan to stay, you know, within our organization and, and really work on that instead of, you know, sort of jumping around. And I've also noticed now, too, that because there's work from home, you know, potential across the United States, where if you had to go into, say, Boston, Massachusetts on a regular basis, your talent pool is now reaching all the way to Austin, Texas, right? For a remote option. Um, so now you're competing with a number of other individuals. So um, getting the best talent, uh, you know, and, and keeping the talent, I would say is probably the biggest pain point. I feel we've been very beneficial so far. Um, our leadership is, has complete buy-in within the training programs. And, and I can't say it enough. And this is with anything, as you know, from your history is, executive buy-in is really the, right. the key yeah great um and then as we start to you know wrap up here um so in terms of the validation of these programs of course you know um you know some programs are constantly evolving but uh, how do you you know validate you know the the, the types of cyber training uh, again is that just like a, a constant thing is that part of the thought process that you have yeah, I would say it's evolutionary, right? Because the program is brand new. Um, that's going to be part of 2022 is really taking a look at, you know, what's a benefit here. I'm also very conscious of not assigning or, or forcing trainings on individuals where it might be a waste of time, right? Because that's going to do the complete opposite. It's going to demotivate somebody. And so that's something I'm certainly going to have to take a look at as this program is only about six to seven months old. Um, we're really in the, the crawl phase, you know, the crawl, walk, run. Sure. Um, but I would say that that's something we're definitely going to have to keep an eye on for sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I don't know, I just thought of this off the top of my head, whether you have, um, you know, cyber training for, I know, you know, we love exercises here at PreparedX, but uh, maybe um, mm -hmm. if you guys are looking for modules on that, maybe we can uh, help you out with that. I, never, I just thought of that for some reason. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. You know, I know, I know uh, what work you bring and um, what the audience doesn't know is you helped me with 
my practicum and for grad school many years ago on <laughs> right. cyber incident response and right. you know so i'll never forget and i always like to return the favor where i can so <laughs> yeah absolutely no. um that could be a great opportunity yeah yeah no no it's uh yeah no i'd love to i'll continue to uh have a conversation with you uh, i'd love to just hear about the program i know there's others that uh may want to reach out to you and just ask you some more you know uh obviously you know questions about um how, how you uh put these programs together how would they get a hold of you john if uh if folks wanted to reach out yeah i would say linkedin is is the best uh, option I'm, I'm pretty frequent on there and you can just search jonathan silva state street or jonathan silva coast guard state street whatever it is i'm usually the first one to pop up there or even jonathan silva cambridge college i noticed yesterday while working uh, an event that that pops up as well and i would say you know that's the best place to, to connect for sure Great. And what we'll do in the show notes here uh, for everyone listening, uh, we'll have your uh, bio at the bottom here with a link back to um, your LinkedIn page so uh, folks can find you that way as well. Great. Yeah, that sounds great. Great. Well, uh, again, thank you for your time today, John. We uh, really appreciate it. I'm sure this will be well received by our listeners and uh, happy holidays. I look forward to hearing from you again soon. Yeah, I appreciate it, Rob, as always. It's great to work with you. I love engaging. And, and what I will say is just a final comment is, you know, consider training your employees or your employees will leave you. It's harsh. It sounds brutal, but it's true. And if you look across a number of organizations, not just the big ones, um, it's going to be uh, the future. So creating a training program, even if it's collateral duties for somebody who's, who's willing to yeah. sort of um collaborate and do those sort of things it's going to be a great benefit so i, I appreciate it rob yeah no problem and make those training programs fun as well right exactly <laughs> yeah. okay well i uh, appreciate your time john today and um again this wraps up uh, episode 88 of our podcast we uh, encourage that you rate us on the various outlets, uh, iTunes and the other many, many outlets now where you may be listening to this. If you're listening via our website, leave a comment there as well. We'd love to hear back from you. Until next time, have a safe and productive day. Take care. <laughs>